0: Hello and welcome to IoT Innovation. My name is Chris Hare. Today we're going to be talking to Vin D'Agostino of Renesas and talking about how um, microcontroller platforms can be used to ease the entry to IoT.
1: This episode of IOT Innovation is sponsored by Anritsu, Telecom Careers, the number one global telecom and wireless job board. TelecomCareers.com.
0: Welcome to IOT Innovation. My name is Chris Hare, and today we're joined by Vin D'Agostino of Renesas. We're, today we're going to talk about how marketing and products are really changing shape within renaissance business as regards to IOT.
1: Hello Chris, thanks for having me on the program.
0: Thank you very much for being here. Um, So first of all Vin, maybe what we can start with is if you could talk to us a little bit about renaissance business, the way people in the wireless industry might be really familiar with renaissance and for that matter the way IOT companies that are not wireless by background may not be familiar and why they should become familiar let's start there
1: sure well you know the Internet of Things starts with things and Renesis has been in things for a very long time Renesis is a uh, overtime combination of Hitachi microcontrollers Mitsubishi microcontrollers and, and NEC microcontrollers and uh, with, with those um, mergers and uh, and, and uh, changes in product line Renesis has really changed over Twenty years from having very large parts uh, that were dedicated more uh, specific applications in consumer electronics or automotive, into a very broad-based product line where we are in some of the smallest things that you can think of and some of the largest things you can think of with the uh, with the complement of products that we have. And we recently um, seen a need as we as a high-tech community. As we change what it takes to make a product by adding functionality and adding connectivity and adding all of the things we have uh, HMI uh, interfaces. Uh, we really have added a lot of plumbing to what an engineer has to deal with in order to get his product up and running. And and two years ago, Renesis recognized that as well and started down the path of not just designing a hardware platform uh, as a as a chip, if you will, or chipset. Uh, but really a full engineering platform, design platform, which we've called Synergy and made an announcement in, in June on the 15th, which is a hardware and software combination where just by buying a chip, you get access to um, RTOS's middleware stacks, uh, all kinds of debugging tools that a typical engineering company or, or product company would spend $60,000, $80,000 to get access to Uh, And and you get that by uh, simply designing on the Synergy uh, hardware uh, so that you get a standardized API throughout the entire family. So whether it's a small part or a large part, whether you have uh, decided to implement audio with I2S or with a a PCM, you essentially use the same calls and the same information from an application perspective. And the only thing that changes is how you have configured the software on Meet, which is all done uh, either through drag-and-drop or through menus on uh, in our IDE. So it's a pretty exciting thing for the industry uh, because uh, other people have done this, and to be honest, we've done this with partners in the past, but this is the first time anyone in the microcontroller industry is offering software as a one-stop shop. So even though our platform, the software part of our platform is based on Logic's ThreadX, and their uh, complementary products, you would pick up the phone and call Renesis if you had a question or an issue. Uh, so whether it's a hardware issue, whether it's a firmware issue, whether it's an applications issue, you would call directly to us. Uh, the other thing is that we decided to um, play on our strength as industry best in class hardware and brought in a software team and software design controls where we literally can provide software with a data sheet just like we provide hardware with a data sheet with performance numbers and expectations of functionality with a warranty that says it will meet these or we will come in and fix it right away. So, so we really have taken the whole platform idea and, and embraced it as the company that we were uh, to, to really allow people who suddenly have products that need to do uh, rich user interfaces or connectivity or file. A system for for data storage, or all three of those conjunction make it very easy. Uh, and uh, in house, and and allow them to really be able to compete in that space with with a lot of the other players.
0: So, so I'm seeing this as a pretty strong theme throughout the series of programs that we've been we've been uh, interviewing over the last few weeks. Um, You know to some extent it might be kind of the dumbing down of uh, or the barrier to entry being lowered Um, I'm seeing this across the industry that that a lot of companies yours included are trying to figure out how to make the process Easier for onboarding or for initiating a project. I mean clearly this is critical for Wireless companies that may be smaller companies, but but I certainly see it even more critical for companies joining IOT that really don't understand the industry can you tell me a little bit about the? Um, tell me a little bit about the uh, other com- types of company that, that you've seen pop up in this space over the last couple of years. Maybe the ones that most surprised you that have become customers that you never would have dealt with before.
1: Sure. You know, it's, it's actually been very interesting because when we when we first uh, started working down Synergy's path, we we said. You know this is really going to t- uh, help the mid-touch and low-touch customers who don't necessarily have the resources that a high-touch customer has with people who are dedicated to our tosses or software stacks um, and, and it certainly it certainly is doing that but we've even found uh, that some of the some of the larger customers who have these resources in house are willing to um, move from that approach to this standardized API approach where they're no longer uh, dependent on these one or two people who know everything there is to know about their proprietary stock. And if they're going to retire or win the lottery or do whatever, all of that knowledge leaves their company. And by designing to a standard platform, it's not like you're going to go to any street corner and say, hey, I'm sure you know Synergy, come on in. But there's a much better chance of finding someone in the marketplace uh, for their own uh, HR and, and corporate longevity. To, to be able to fill those shoes and and even to get people that can work together on teams and start with the base knowledge, so that was that was a big surprise for me. I thought that you know a lot of these uh, large companies will um, really I don't want to say beat you up, but certainly negotiate for for every dime or every penny. And and uh, you know a, pro- a product like Synergy has a higher value in in the marketplace and. So I would have thought that that would have been something that they would have shied away because their bill of materials has gone up. But in fact, their total cost of ownership has gone down because there's a tremendous savings on the SGP line uh, and, various, and, and even in time to market, so they can max, maximize the amount of revenue that they get from a product design. So really, what, what we set out to do, and it looks like we really have hit on, on, all, uh, on all targets, uh, is to lower the barrier to entry, as you've said, to lower the total cost of ownership uh, and to speed up the time to market for when you design with a, a platform and what's interesting that we're finding is companies that have um platforms that they've been complementary platforms that they've been working on wireless companies wired companies even some instrumentation companies are, are looking to work with us to find a bridge between platforms so that someone can come to us as i wouldn't say a, a cooperative consortium but as groups of companies that, that whose platforms are playing well together to give the design engineer this entire platform for everything that they need to work on uh, to be able to design at the application level instead. And it's really very interesting. So my background is n- not so much marketing as it is engineering and applications work. In fact, uh, before I joined Renesis, five months ago for 17 years, I ran a, um, a design house. An independent design house helping people design products and um, it, it's been really interesting to see that um, well it, I, I, like to, I like to use a flashlight as an example because uh, I've always pushed our customers to say what is what is the essence of your product as you're going through this transformation from from uh, not having microcontrollers in some cases and, and software to, to adding this high technology what is the essence that makes your product a product? And if you look at a flashlight. In order to be a flashlight, you have to have a light that turns on. It doesn't even have to go off, but at least it has to go on, or you're not a flashlight. So, all the discussion about ergonomic handles and and reflectors and whether you have two different LEDs of different color temperatures and you change the color temperature of the light as you dim it, any of these advanced features, um, or, or even an internet connectivity that, that makes, uh, makes your cell phone. When the battery in your flashlight is getting low all of those features are not making it a flashlight until the light comes on But yet there's all of this plumbing that has to be in place before that light turns on and so by simply uh, automating that and and allowing it to be uh, Done uh, all the design to be done at a platform level instead of down in the bits and bytes It really shrinks the time that it takes for you to get that light on in the flashlight and then the rest of your development time is spent uh, innovating in areas where where you can differentiate your product from the balance of, of your competitors in your marketplace, which is interesting because I've seen in, in talking to the clients that I've worked with uh, over the last 17 years, their, their embedded systems people are being stretched and stretched and stretched to barely get stuff functional by the time they hit a trade show or hit a launch date. And now they can really spend more time differentiating the, their product instead of just getting things, quote unquote, working. Uh, right. The other interesting thing is some customers who are looking at working at the platform level are actually looking at um, making changes to the landscape of their engineering community. You know, right right now, when someone wants to in, um, develop a human, uh, an, an HMI, human machine interface, the marketing people are working mostly with embedded systems engineers. And, and so the, there's a little bit of a disconnect in, in how um, the marketing and customers uh, look at a product and how engineers look at a product. You know, I've always uh, said when I was working with customers, take, take my opinion uh, with a, a grain of salt about how the UI should work because I know what's inside the box. And so I'm gonna think about it differently than, than your consumer and user who really doesn't care what's inside the box, they just want it to work. And so now with a platform, instead of having embedded systems engineers working with the marketing uh, and product development or product definition team, they can have applications programmers that are used to working on uh, interfacing with customers, people who are programming for PCs and Macs and uh, other products that have always had very large LCDs and very rich interfaces. And they can, they can work on that level and not have to worry about just moving this, this, you know, um, of data out to the screen which is which is how the embedded systems engineer looks at that same problem
0: so so, so picking up on a there's a, there's so many um, directions I could take that that uh, your comments there so, so one of the areas that, that we've looked at is the comparison and the contrasting between IOT and M2M and the machine to machine business clearly has been an industrial business that's grown up and is relatively mature Uh, It looks at the way to connect these bits and bytes and these devices and potentially a lot of back-end data that may be completely unstructured and and just way, way too much data. Um, Whereas IoT clearly has to have a front-end that is compelling for the consumer. So we've talked before in other shows about the user experience, about the design of use cases and user stories and why we start with figuring out okay, if it's meant to be a flashlight, then it needs to look like and act like a flashlight first and above all else. Also, we've talked a little bit about the data and the fact that in the the case of some companies, they're really looking closely at not just the the massive pipe of data that they can provide, but doing some intense analysis of it and figuring out which bits are important. Um, And so so maybe you could comment a little bit about what you're seeing uh, between IoT and M2M, because I think, too often, I'm seeing in the industry uh, people saying, "Okay, well, we're an expert in M2M, therefore, automatically, we're now an expert in IoT," and and I think that's really missing some some pretty deep bookends, uh, maybe the uh, the user experience aspect and also the and the analysed data, not just the provision of data. Yeah, you
1: know, and that's a very interesting question because I think that it's going to be something that the uh Engineering community and the and the product development and product definition people who are playing in IoT are going to wrestle with for for a while. Um, you know, it's it's uh, there's always this question of what's the data going to be, where do we analyze it, um, how do we move it, and when do we move it, and what do we do with it after we've we've moved it. Um, I will I will tell you a, a quick story from from my previous career. Uh, I used to work for a company that made ultrasonic welding equipment, uh, and and we were working on some what was then advanced controls, but that was 25 years ago, so so now it's what a, what a, a second grader might be doing uh, in, in technology. And um, we had a customer in the Chicago area that was a medical company, and they really wanted to know more and more about the process, and we were working on a, a module that was gonna allow a printer interface so that each weld of plastic would print out things like the depth of movement and the, the amount of energy used and the time of the weld and all of that and, and this guy was pushing, pushing, pushing to get this interface. So we reprioritized things in engineering. We got it, and I, and I knew the gentleman pretty well. So I flew out to Chicago from, from Connecticut, met him up uh, on a Thursday. We got the welder working in the lab. We got uh, the printer set up and boxes of paper, and everything was set. And I checked with him on Friday, and I flew home. And, and Monday morning, I get a phone call from him, and he said, well, the, the shift was in over the weekend, and they used the system, and I now have five and a half boxes of printed paper. What, what am I going to do with it? Right. Um, and I said, "Well, do you have a fireplace at home? I mean, everyone wanted data, but nobody thought about what they were going to do with it after they had it, and, and how to." And and so I think that there's going to be, you know, I told uh, our field force here at Renesis as we move into the platforms and they get more and more involved in customers in in their design process and not just selling them a chip at the beginning. That they're going to really end up. Sort of be uh, as counselors for them a little bit because they're going to want to talk about well you know now that I'm working with this platform I have all this data what do I do with it do I get a pipe and push everything to the cloud and analyze it there do do I try to do some pre-analysis and and you know I can do it if it's a wired connection or wireless through Wi-Fi but if I decide I'm going to have some part of my product be you know 3G or LTE or something I'm going to be paying for all that data so maybe I want to minimize the amount of data that's going back and forth and do I have Different experiences based on the pipe, or do I figure out what? I mean, all of these are incredible discussions that in the right hands could could really yield a great thing, uh, and in the wrong hands could end up being just reduced to arguing over how many angels can dance on the head of a pit. So I think you know someone who can direct those conversations and really help customers and 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 get design engineers and even product definers to think about that first, and afterwards. Um, their their job will be um, their job will be easier and the product that they develop will be much better. You know, I, I um, am around long enough to to remember when smart batteries were young. I actually played a big role in the beginning of smart battery industry, um, and there were tons and tons of conversations about what was going to use smart batteries, and how their how the data was going to be used, and what we can do, with and, and and all of the functionality, and what products it might go in, and there was. An incredible amount of chaos and an incredible amount of money uh, spent in all of that until it really settled out and, and it was really a very infantile uh, industry that, that, that took a while to mature and then it, it finally turned into something that is you know obviously on cell phones and PCs and a few other products and I see IOT being the same kind of thing it's very infantile it is a it is a technology that has tremendous value for end users if implemented correctly and um, and it's just going to take some time for the industry and the customers to to sort it out and what other things it might uh, what it might spawn. You know, um, it, no one's going to do this. So I can. So I'm, I'm not giving anybody a bit of product idea. But if I had a toaster and I was going to uh, put put electronics in the toaster, what does that mean? If I'm just storing the data, is that is that IoT or is that machine to machine and just some data storage? But what if, for example, I was, and I spend a fair amount of my life in the Lunatic Fringe, so I might be the one customer for this, uh, but it, what if I put a barcode scanner on the toaster and when I bought some bread at the store, I it scanned it and knew how thick the slices were and what the moisture content typically in that bread was, and it the toaster automatically so that regardless of what toast I buy, I always get the same brown every time. Right, right now, I'll you know, i do it, my wife will turn it to five, I'll turn it to four, we'll switch breads, it's a little thicker, it comes out darker, wouldn't it be great? Now that No, that's suddenly a $1,000 toaster, but that is really cool. And what if suddenly somebody had ideas for recipes and the toaster went and showed you five people who posted recipes for that particular toast and it came up? I mean, all of a sudden, um, that is still considered by men machine-to-machine situation because none of that's monetized but if some somebody uh, sold a subscription to that service or somebody sold a subscription to the recipes now all of a sudden that's data being massaged and transmitted and stored and analyzed uh, in the cloud and data is being pushed to you from it and it's being monetized and that is uh, what everyone considers a classic IOT situation
0: so, so I think coming coming on from that I mean we've been have, we had a conversation um, previously with a gentleman from Adobe where we were talking about the right sizing and the personalization of marketing and you know we, we talked we talked about the movie examples of things like minority report where suddenly all of these um, all these coupons are following you down the street but they know what your buying habits are and what your spending history is and, and they they kind of propagate that with you I, I think the challenge we discussed during that interview was making it somewhere below the creepy level uh, in other words it's you know with Google now for example I'm very used to it helping me and I treat it as help however there may be uh, people in my family or friends that that if they got the same amount of help they might consider it intrusive and I think one of the one of the points here is you never know if you've crossed that line until you cross it and that line, and that line changes, no matter who you are. Um, but coming back to one of your other points about, um, you know, trying to educate people in the IoT world, um, my business partner and I ran a workshop at a conference in in uh, San Francisco a few months ago, and we loosely titled it Hundred Questions of IoT," and and really what it boiled down to was a hundred plus due diligence style questions that you need to have asked yourself to go get a successful IoT project. Uh, you know, we've started building into our projects a line item in the budget that's called education because I, I think that when everyone making wireless devices was was somewhat equally educated, it was enough of a challenge to make a successful product. But today you've got all sorts of companies, all sorts of walks of life joining in, and you really you have to really go back to basics because their knowledge of IOT may not even uh, get to the basics of wireless. And that presents some really serious challenges, whether you're making an educated toaster or whether you're making a device that goes in luggage or all sorts of other examples that we've seen where where things that might be obvious to us with our background are really non-obvious. What are you seeing from Renesas' perspective of those type of situations and those kind of customers?
1: So, you know, I, I think that, um, you know, we talked briefly before about Francis' new platform product and, and that is getting some uh, great response in the marketplace for people who are saying, my God, you're taking care of all of the stuff that I was worried about in this. Uh, and and uh, But, but you know, that not every system necessarily needs uh, an RTOS or needs everything that Synergy has in it. And And, you know, I think about, we talk to some people, all they want are intelligent sensors, and they still are in the big pipe mode where they just have intelligent sensors pushing up data we will do everything in the cloud. In that case, it really isn't a user interface. There isn't any local data storage. And What you want is something that has incredibly good um, interface to the real world, whether it's A to Ds and D to As, or, or whether are processing light or sound or, or voltage uh, and, and or um, you know things to turn stuff on and off. Or even outputs to dim things or, or change devices um, parameters, and and a really good solid interface to uh, a link to, to wherever that cloud service is that's going to do all the analysis, and so for that uh, situation the platform is not necessarily the the right approach, but Renesis has uh, you know other products our RL our X product lines which are best in class silicon and have. Um, a rich history of, of support software available and, and do, for those people who want to play with uh, with other RTOSs or, or other stacks, um, do have the ability to work with all of those. And I think there'll be always a class of customer that wants to do that or needs to do that because uh, w- without the, um, you know, I remember taking, when, when I was uh, working on my master's in computer science, taking an operating system class and, and their definition for an operating system was uh, the management of shared valuable resources. Mm-hmm. Old mainframes, because I'm old enough to remember them, you, know, you had multiple users trying to use the same printer, the same disk, the same uh, CPU core to run their jobs, and so the operating system managed all of those. When you get to the PC level, you don't have multiple users necessarily on the same machine, but you have multiple programs that are all trying to access the printer or access the disk, and so you know, you're still managing shared variable resources. Um, in, in the case of an embedded system, when you are doing file systems and you're doing HMI and you want it to be responsive and you've got communications, here again the management is, is oriented slightly differently. But you're managing um, these multiple things all trying to get access to the same spot at the same time. Right. But the system where you don't have that, where you simply have a main loop of code that's going out and getting data, pushing out the door, and getting data, pushing out the door, um, the ability to do that efficiently and in a cost-effective way is also very important because for those people, their, their real monetized value is in the data and their product, quote unquote, doesn't have a lot of features and functions on the face of it. There aren't knobs, there aren't buttons, there aren't lights and, and things to manage. Um, and so for that, that's one of our other products may be much more appropriate. But, but as we you know have uh, the background in working on the things part of Internet of Things, and we have our, you know, our synergy product who's going to help uh, take it end to end these people who need to do everything take the data to massage it locally to present it locally to configure it locally and then send it up um, then, then we really uh, our applications engineering team which is there to support you know, our customers at, at all levels really will will have the knowledge to be able to do some coaching and, but i um, you know, I think a lot of the coaching is going to happen on the local level with field applications engineers, with our sales team, um, and even uh, with, with uh, some of the other areas where customers will get some education. You know, recognize this need for training and fact uh, we, are, we are launching and we'll announce at our, our DevCon event, uh, which is our, uh, uh, our big design design conference, development conference, which is happening um, October 12th to 15th. Uh, we uh, are going to be announcing some uh, certified training centers that we're going to put around the country. Uh, the first two to be open by DevCon, and there will be uh, 10 by, by the end of 2016, where customers can come and take classes on a regular basis, and there will be engineering support there available to help them get their product up and running. And, and even in some cases, if they wanted help developing the whole product, they'd be able to. These uh, certified training centers will be housed in uh, our alliance partner program uh, independent design houses so there'll be design engineering help available uh, to those that who want to look for an IDH to help them develop their product so we're really trying to uh, build out uh, you know certainly an ecosystem to help people design with our product but we're really building out an ecosystem to help people design IOT products uh, so so the whole idea of a platform which if you, if you look up platform in the dictionary it says a uh, raised structure uh, on which, on which people and machines do work, we are taking the idea of a platform uh, really to a whole new level with it building the ecosystem out as well. So it truly is a stable, flat surface raised above the others, where people can come and and do work themselves and with their machines. So that, that that's our approach to helping people on, on all levels, from the the hardware side to the uh, software side to the product side to, to even the realization
0: of their own Finn, that's great. Thank you very much. Um, we're, we're, just, we're just about out of time, so um, I'd like to thank you for giving us an explanation of, of uh, your view and Renesas' view of, of where IoT is and where it's going. Uh, it sounds like you, your team and you are doing some really interesting things to try and make the adoption of IoT much easier um, for all, all concerned, so, so thank you for that and I look forward to speaking to you again in the future. Great, thank
1: you very much. Thanks for the opportunity. I, I really enjoyed the conversation.
0: Thank you, likewise. And so, so that's it for this week for IoT Innovation. Uh, my guest this week has been Vin D'Agostino at Renesas, and please get in touch with, with, with him directly if you have any questions. We'll make the website link available on the, on the blog posting alongside this. And uh, meanwhile, please get in touch and let me know if you have other guests that you'd like me to interview for future weeks. Thank you very much. Have a good week.
1: IoT Innovation is a production of RCR TV. To reach Chris Hare or suggest a show topic for IoT Innovation, you can reach Chris at cbh at ntete.com. To find out more about IoT Innovation and all things wireless, visit rcrwireless.com.